Greetings and welcome aboard the Diecast Enterprise. This is Pags. And I'm Foley. And tonight we will be reviewing Home Soil. And this is episode 17. It is. Of season one. Yes. It's very exciting. Mm-hmm. By which I mean it's not exciting at all. How can you say that? This was a really good episode of Star Trek. <laughs> this episode featured some very fine acting, if nothing else. By Miss Hawaii. Yeah, 1978. Yep. Yeah. We're going to pick on her a lot tonight, I think. Yes, we are. She won the uh, Miss Hawaii crown the year before I was born. The year before we were born. True. Yeah. And uh, since then, yeah. her career has just skyrocketed. Um, uh, she's been on Dynasty. Yeah. She's been on... Night Rider. Uh, Night Rider. Uh, that Tom Selleck thing. What's Magnum P.I.? Magnum P.I. That's the one. Yeah. Um, you said Simon and Simon, I think. Yeah, yeah. She was on Simon and Simon. Simon and Simon. Dynasty. She was on Dynasty. Yeah, I said Dynasty twice, but yeah, go ahead. Um, she was on Dynasty. Was she on Magnum P.I.? Yes. How about uh, Knight Rider? Yes, on Knight Rider and Simon and Simon. Was she ever on Star Trek? Yes, she was in one episode. She was oh. in one episode of all of these things. Charlie's Angels. She was in oh. Charlie's Angels as well. So who did she play on Star Trek? On Star Trek, she played. I don't even remember the name of she, her character. She she's played, a terraformer. She's a terraformer on the planet that they go to in the Pleiades yeah. cluster. And oh man, she. Uh, I think my favorite part of her performance yeah. is that when she's rattling off the scientific. You know, chatter. You can tell that she doesn't understand anything that she's Aww. saying. Like, nothing of what she's saying is clicking in her mind. So she's reciting it, you know, almost as if she's reading it off of a script page. But there's no understanding there. Because the, the way she says the words, you, you can tell that she doesn't get it. Well, you could say that about... A lot of actors who are told to say ridiculous things, particularly with made-up mm-hmm. jargon. But unfortunately for her, yes, the magic a, of yeah. acting is to not make that obvious. Yeah, right. it's a gift for Star Trek act- actors to be able to convincingly convey technobabble. LeVar Burton is brilliant at convincingly saying technobabble. I have no doubt that LeVar doesn't have the faintest idea what he's talking about most of the time. But somehow, he makes it sound like he, he's he got his shit on lock. Yeah. So, so, yeah, this episode, the basics are the Enterprise has been asked to visit this planet that's being terraformed, and the terraformers, or the the bald, surly old man who runs the terraforming uh, project, yeah. is not happy to see them at all. And Troy's all like, oh, my spider sense is tingling, something's wrong here. And uh, Picard decides that they're going down there to find out what's what and who's who. Yep. Where's where and why's why. Yeah, it's, something's up. Wings when. Gotta find out what it is. Get all those W's. So, uh, they get down there. Somebody dies. Well, before... Th- yeah. Yeah, one of the, one of the terraformers dies. Uh, killed by a laser drill. And that laser drill looked weird. The laser drill just came to life on its own. Yeah, and, and started... Yeah. And just started killing this dude. Yeah, and like afterwards, Data's all, oh, you know, I think it was like this was. It appears the drill was reprogrammed. Yeah, it, it seems like there was a will behind this, you know, acting acting against me when because uh, when Data went in there, it attacked him as well, and uh, apparently, according to I, was it Jordy who said it, it would take a master programmer to uh, to sure. do that. Now you're yeah. a programmer, uh, sure. Yeah, yeah, I like programs. Yeah, so. As a uh, as a professional, <laughs> give us your professional opinion 
on whether or not it would take a master programmer to set up this program. Uh, a program to kill data with a laser drill? Yeah, you know, this. the whole point of this program was that it was tracking and anticipating him, trying to shoot him. It seems to me that if video well, games of, the, uh, <laughs> of, okay. of our age are capable of doing that, then uh, presumably by the 24th century, it wouldn't take a master programmer to do that. I feel like that's the kind of thing you could program the holodeck to do with your voice. Uh, yeah, well, that's a good point. But I, I guess the targeting program for the holodeck is already written. You're just basically telling it to use one, maybe? Mm. Uh, I guess he's speculating that... Well, okay, uh, not to spoil the entire episode, but that the uh, life forms that are resident to this planet have figured out a way to interface with this... Uh, this alien system, the human system. The computer? Yeah, the computer. And then, um, yeah, like reverse engineer their uh, all their interfaces and yeah, technology so that they can actually make the drill do something. And then on top of that, yeah, it's designed to then shoot someone. I don't know. Did he mean that the, uh, that the particularly clever part was the, the fact it would anticipate and shoot it? That seemed to be what... The targeting? Or yeah. Or was it, was it the fact that they made the drill actually do what they wanted as a... I, I, I don't know. Without like, ever, like, you know... They weren't very clear on that. Like, they just seemed to think that it was remarkable that this drill was trying to shoot them. Well, it's a bummer that the drill yeah. was trying to shoot them, at the very least. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, they bring the terraformers up to the Enterprise to uh, to investigate this death. Uh, Surly Bald Guy is angry that they're fucking up his <laughs> schedule. Surly Bald... <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> okay, better. Surly bald guy is angry that they're fucking up his schedule. And he's got terraforming to, yeah, to terraform. Yeah, like, listen, I don't have time for you to solve the murder of one of my close friends and colleagues. I gotta get this planet ready because it's gotta be ready to support life in a decade. I think it was like 50 years. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, well, that was one of the first things that, uh, that the wooden actress said when they arrived take a good look because in a decade you won't recognize this place I'm just yeah. like yeah we're not coming back I loved I really really loved her um, <laughs> they, they asked her like you know oh we've never had a chance to see terraforming take place can you tell us a little bit about how it works and then she basically says well the first thing we do is that we terraform the planet so that there's life there and then in a decade there'll be life here great <laughs> thanks she sounded like a tour guide she honestly. really did she actually sounded a lot like one of the people that maybe worked at like the Disney parks, who's like yeah, yeah. an introduction to a well, ride. Well, actually, you know, I've I've been to Hawaii many, many times, and there are tours, yeah. like you know, oh, I, yeah, all over true. the place. I wonder if maybe she was drawing on perhaps some you Past know experience, job experience from her younger days. Like I, you know, per, perhaps as a perhaps as a teenager in her early twenties, earning cash by. Uh, we're, we're dissing this lady so hard. I'm, so, I'm, sure she, I'm so sorry. I'm totally sure she's going to listen to this. Yeah. You know, she's probably pining for the days that she was on that one episode of Star Trek The Next Generation in its first season. She's cruising online looking for some Star Trek podcasts, and lo and behold, her search engine has found this yeah. episode. And she's probably in tears at this moment. I would like I'm sure you to she know. She has better things to do. Listen. <laughs> Foley is very, very sorry about all the things that we're saying about you. Oh. He truly, deeply feels badly about it. I want <laughs> you to know that. 
You're such a jerk. <laughs> I, really, I uh, have my moments. Anyway. Um, so uh, Picard asked Data and Geordi to go investigate the planet and figure out what's going on. At this point, uh, Picard and the crew think that uh, it's probably one of the terraformers behind everything. They, they don't know about the life form. Yet. They don't know about the life form. All they know is that the, the, the laser drill was obviously reprogrammed to kill people. Yeah. Now, the laser drill, um, I asked you this while we were watching. Yeah. There was a, most of the time it looked like a prop, but there were a couple of instances, like during the scene when it's shooting and moving around, yeah. where it looked like it was really early CG, like Captain Power era CG, which it was uh, Captain Power's era, so that would fit. I, I, it, to me, it looked like it was just practical. It had that look of like, not not stop motion per se, but like you know mm. when the thing was swinging around, yeah. it looked like the film had just been sped up to make it look credible. Oh, that could be uh, it too. Yeah, I, I I that's what I think was going on. Okay, it, yeah, I was getting the definite Captain Power vibe from it. Like it, right. was, it was feeling very Sauron Sky Century to me. So. Yeah, or Sauron. Sauron. Yeah, because he yeah. soars, because he flies. Not to be confused with. Lord of the Rings, Sauron. Yeah, yeah, not not Sauron. That's Sauron. Sauron. This, this right. is Sauron, like S O A R. I think is it? Oh. I don't know. Um, I don't know. But you know, we'll we'll figure that out when we start our next podcast, which will be dedicated to watching every episode of Captain Power. Be a much shorter podcast. Yeah, today. yeah. That, that's that's easy pie right there. We'll oh, get right man. on that. Yeah. You guys are in for a treat because Captain Power. Mwah. We could call it the Captain Power Hour. We could do the whole thing. Oh man, in sixty minutes and just condense the entire review the entire series. Oh man, that'd be rough. So much. I would, I would, meanwhile, I would love it. I've got a Captain Power tattoo. Oh, you know, it's true. I do. It's a true story. I think I told you this. When I was a very young child, uh, I was babysat by uh, a lady who, uh, whose significant other at the time worked on the Captain Power series because yeah, it was filmed. Recollection. Yeah, of it this was. Story. It was shot or filmed or produced or something in Toronto, which mm-hmm. is where I was a kid. Um, so yeah, true story. I got like a sweet poster signed by uh, some people in the cast. Oh man, man, did Captain Power sign it? I believe he did. Yeah, nice. It was pretty. I'm cool. so jealous. Yeah, I know he should be. Yeah. Wow. And what happened to this remarkable uh, piece of uh, Captain Power iconography? Well, I was sitting at home one day and I was like, man, Jeff would really like this, so I just set it on fire. <laughs> oh God, a pure spite. You've been, you've been such a dick to me, like for like the. Because you made fun of us. Uh, you're so mean about the... Like the 25 years I've known you. You're just, you're, this, this is karma, but you, you're mocking uh, Miss Hawaii, so I get back <laughs> to you for that. Yeah, that, that, yeah, I'm getting my comeuppance right now. Karma works swiftly. Yeah, it does. <laughs> so, Jordy and Data, they're on the planet, and they see, like, a little blinking LED. <laughs> yes. But... Uh, what they're figuring is that it's... Uh, what could it be? Yeah, maybe it's alive. And Jordy's all like, but it's inorganic. And Data trying very hard not to be offended, considering that he... He's is, inorganic? Yeah, he's inorganic. I guess yeah. I'm not alive either, Jordy. Yeah, and then Jordy's all like, don't Jordy. be like that, baby. And Data's like, don't! Don't even talk to me. Yeah. They're holding hands the whole time. Yeah. Uh, so they, uh, they, they they beam it up to the, planet, the ship? Yeah. Um, yeah. Picard decides that the best thing to do would be to beam this thing up mm-hmm. and uh, figure out what it is. And now Crusher gets to be involved, and she's got to come up with uh, tests to test for inorganic life. Yeah. And they decide that uh, reproduction is probably a standard for all life. And mm-hmm. 
I'm not a biologist. I don't yeah. know if this is a, they had a basis in, in current scientific thinking not on a, how to determine clear. whether this thing is alive. But yeah, they said reproduction and um, and something what else? else. Oh, great. Okay, you don't <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> Nothing that came up because reproduction was the only one that they really latched onto. All right. Yeah. So it turns out that yeah, it is alive and it can replicate itself. So it's definitely alive. It's double alive. Like they, they had basically determined that it was alive. They're like, yeah, this is alive, and uh, then it reproduced. And it's like oh, it reproduced. Only life can reproduce itself. So oh, I'm shit. like, I'm like, now we're doubly sure this right. is extra alive now. Oh man! And uh, Picard confronts the uh, terraformers with this knowledge, and uh, bald, angry guy is bald and angry and blustery. He's like, we didn't know. Uh, we just thought it was, you know, planet bullshit. He's like, Picard's like. So they're in the Pleiades cluster, and Picard talks to the guy, and he's like, Pleiades lies are getting on my nerves. Nice. <laughs> was it? <laughs> stupid, no. But... That was awful. We're Thanks. Leaving, we're leaving that in, though. All right. Everyone needs to hear that. Yeah. Um, so the guy, again, just un- they, they refused to admit that they knew that, this was, that there was any chance that this thing was alive. Yeah. Or that you know, this in any way needed to concern them in their, in their important terraforming work. Yeah, and it's weird too. Like the the other guy, uh, um, MacGyver. Mullet, yeah, m- Mullet Man. Yeah, he's uh, got a cool oh, hair. It, it's it's a bad mullet though, because like you know, like his mop at the front is just limp and hanging down over oh. his face. A good mullet, the front's got to be kind of fluffed up and you know feathered at the very least, but it's got to be spiked up. You know, look, Other, man, otherwise that's I... just you know, it's just a mop. Look, th- there's just him, the old guy. The dead guy and Miss Hawaii living on this planet all alone in their terraforming booth. They can't even go outside because of yeah. the harsh atmosphere. Like, I, you know, if he's not. He's like, given up. He's given up. That's like, what you're saying. Like, yeah. He, who is he trying? Who's he impressing? Yeah, like, maybe he's run out of product. Sure, he didn't take out a moose. No. Can he replicate some more? I don't know. Maybe they don't have replicators down there. Why the fuck would they not have replicators? <laughs> That'd be the worst. Or maybe they've got like limited replicators. You know, like oh. they, they the power concerns are such that they can only replicate food. I, I have another important question. This one really bothers me. Okay, and this comes up almost any ep- any in Star Trek. It comes up all the time. Whenever we see anything with terraformers, uh, and in other sci-fi shows too, what terraformers are working on, they're like they always mm-hmm. say, "We're at a really critical stage right now. We can't afford any delays." No. What the hell are you doing? That's so critical. And how much time will you lose if you just took a day off right now? I, I don't. <laughs> know what process is going on it's hard to find out because this is basically made up stuff there is that's a good point like Like, what are they doing that that would be i can't think of anything that would be so critical sensitive yeah Yeah. you know i mean they're essentially putting organic material down so that it will slowly change the atmosphere that's mm -hmm. a process that takes decades why would like delaying by a day throw the whole schedule off yeah yeah exactly i i don't know and it bugs me yeah no it's uh it's they, it's unclear. Like they, they're talking about siphoning off that layer of water, right? But uh, there's this layer of water under the under the surface of the planet. So if they were in the process of doing that, and for some reason maybe? it's got to go, like they don't explain why it's got to go. They're just like, yeah, it's got to go. I don't. This know. water is not part of our planet. Get that the fuck out of there. We need that water out of there because we need to kill all the living things on the planet. Yes, because there aren't because, supposed to be any living things yeah, on the planet. The water is actually the home environment of these aliens. It's their, uh, 
It's their circuitry, basically. It's what connects them all. They're basically living computers. Oh, yeah. Did we mention this intelligent life? Oh, yeah. It's yeah. intelligent life, by the way, guys. And it's photoelectric. Yeah. So, uh, it, and it requires light. It can interface with the enterprise computer and access the uh, translation bank, but yet it can't speak English terribly well, but it can control the ship, no problem. I really wish it had picked a better voice. Yeah. Computer. Ugly bags of mostly water. War is with you now. Wow, this is just a sample from the episode. I know. I thought at first it was Brent Spiner doing like a silly voice. <laughs> it might have been. I just save on some acting. Uh, Brent Spiner does some fees. voice acting. Uh, he was yeah. uh, he was Puck on Gargoyles. Uh, the entire cast was on that show. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, actually, I re- he was uh, the Joker on uh, on Young Justice. Oh, really? There's one episode of Young Justice with the Joker. I've not I gotta, seen that one. Yeah. Uh, I got to tell you, super disappointing. Like What, Young Justice? No, no, that episode. Like, oh, okay. Or specifically not that episode, but the Joker in that episode. Whoever oh. wrote that episode just didn't know how to write the Joker. Oh, that's and it, yeah, it was such a bummer because you've got Brent Spiner playing the Joker and he's got nothing to do. Weird. You know, he's got nothing to say and it's just... You know, it, it sound. I mean, it sounds like he's phoning it in, but it's because you know the material he has to say. There's nothing to nothing to do with it. I would have liked it if he if it had been Brent Spiner doing the Joker, and the Joker had then done an impression of Luke Skywalker. <laughs> have you have you seen uh, Mark Hamill recently did a uh, uh, the Joker talking to Luke Skywalker? Oh no! Awesome. Oh, it was great. Yeah. Uh, Mark Hamill's lost a lot of weight for uh, Star Wars. Like, oh right, he's he's in that movie. Yeah, yeah, he's right. in Star Wars Seven, and uh, like he was at the uh, Star Wars uh, weekend in like Disney World or something yeah. uh, a couple weeks ago. And yeah, like the pictures from that, he he's dropped a ton of weight. Huh. Like, I mean, Crazy. he's still he's not slim yet, but he's uh, he definitely like he looks like I could see him as old Luke Skywalker. He looks like old Luke Skywalker. Right? Yeah, oh. yeah. Because uh, Mark Hamill had packed on quite a bit of weight. Like, he was not... Oh, he's a voice actor. Who, yeah, exactly. Who cares? Yeah, like, no, exactly. Yeah. But, I mean, that's that's the thing, right? I don't care if Mark Hamill puts on weight. You know, that's totally fine. But if he's playing Luke Skywalker, you know... You don't it, want a pudgy Luke? Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing. You know, the character, he, it doesn't seem to me like Luke Skywalker would get pudgy. You know? I don't think we have ever seen a fat Jedi. It's true. Yeah. Although... Uh, I don't know. Like, I just it just feels like it wouldn't suit the character, you know. Like, yeah, a- after Return of the Jedi, Luke just really kind of let himself go. Man, on the other hand, though, like if you're a Jedi and you can force manipulate things, you would never have to move. Like if you want something from the fridge, you just go. Just have it. Just, yeah, I know, but I think Jedi are also kind of constantly in training, right? Like remember him on Dagobah doing all that flips and shit. Anyways, yeah. whatever. Right. Yeah, uh, that's Star Wars. That's not this podcast. We're yeah. back to Star Trek. Okay. Um, uh, I have a Star Wars podcast coming soon, guys. Oh, oh yeah. The details. You got something on your tooth. What? There you, uh, nope. I mean, that's the right tooth, but there you go. Oh, Every nice. time I look over at you, I've been seeing it. And oh, sorry. I've been yeah, holding you, off on saying something. Yeah, you just, just leave that on my teeth there for 20 <laughs> minutes or an hour. Thanks. You're Great. welcome. Yeah. Well, I don't know how long it's been there. It might have been there through all of uh, the episode. I, I couldn't see you. I mean, it it's was probably dark. been there since dinner. I appreciate <laughs> that. Thanks for out in public. I, I didn't notice it. You know, oh, oh, all right, no problem. Foley's teeth are clean now, and we can continue. <laughs> so, um, the the these uh, the, microbrains they call them. The, yeah, they're just like Worf. 
Oh, how dare you? Hey, no, it Microbrain is not my nickname for Worf. That was what their nickname for Worf was. Remember, even Q calls him Microbrain once. Really, Q calls him that. No one else calls him. No, that. no, but the, in the writers' room, they like in season one, they used to joke about you know because Worf never had anything to do, so they used to call him Microbrain, oh, and they, the, you know, it's like even big dumb Worf could understand this. That's so Michael Jordan be like, yeah. Well, he cried, probably. Because he wouldn't cry he's too much of a badass. <laughs> that's, that's terrible. Um, I just think it's funny, you know, that they sure. use that term for... <laughs> Anyways. Poor guy. Yeah, these things are living computers, basically. I think they're silicone-based or something. They're multiplying. And they go from being uh, blinking LED lights, which, I, I, again, in the HD one, you can actually see the attachment point or a couple yeah. points. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, then they turn into a giant koosh ball. Yeah, like a big kind of crystal. It looks or, yeah, if you don't it, like a 90s reference, they look like the uh, the gobstopper, the, un, the, the limitless gobstopper from yeah. the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory movie. Yeah, yeah. If you want a 70s or, reference uh, instead. Or it looks like a like a Kryptonian koosh ball, if you will. Yeah, sure. Like from the from the seventy nine or the seventy seven Superman film. You had an eighties reference. Uh, an eighties reference. Um, uh, yeah, I got nothing. Uh, it looks like the kind of crystals that they were mining in the uh, TV series Brave Star. There you go, curium. Ah, uh, whatever. Curium ore, except not red. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But yeah. It turns, um, the, the computer things merge into this larger crystal thing, and and they it starts rocking the ship. Oh, you know that's at, it's at war with the ugly bags of mostly water. Because uh, as Picard says, as with computers, the more yeah, more is more powerful. More is more powerful. Right. Okay, sure. Um, I guess I, I guess in like terms of computing power, if you parallel processing, yeah. yeah. Um, sure. Yeah, no, it, it's fair. And maybe the thing is ever more menacing, although, again, it's like the size of a tennis ball now. Yeah. Oh, no. Um, it's luckily, not really a very tense episode. Like, we're supposed to think that the ship is in serious trouble, but the entire time, you know, you're just like, there are so many ways to fix this. Uh, yeah. The whole thing really doesn't do a good job of really drawing you into it at all. It's It's... It's like, oh, no, what's going to happen? Nothing. They're probably going to solve the problem. Oh, guess what? They did by turning <laughs> off the lights yeah, in the sick that's what That's what they had to do. They just had to turn like they had to turn the dimmer down to low. And then the thing's like, oh, oh you're killing us. Oh, God, darkness, darkness, terrible, death, awful. You are killing us. <laughs> you win, you win. <laughs> Send us home to our wet sand. If only more major conflicts could be solved that simply. Yeah. That, that would, thus ended the uh, the war between the... Yeah. So they beam it back to the planet, and they leave, and the final shot of the episode is the Enterprise flying away into space as we get a voiceover from Captain Picard yep. saying, you know, hopefully what we've learned from this tragedy will will prevent it from happening elsewhere. You know, it's like like he's delivering the moral of the story or something, and... It, it it was yeah. a weird ending for a next gen episode. Like that was unusual. You don't you don't usually get like a was a denouement from Picard at the very end, like in voiceover. The whole episode was very flat and left yeah. me uh, unmoved. Yeah, this is not a uh, particularly good episode of Next Gen, as we say about many episodes in season one. It's season one. What do you expect? It's yeah. I know. It's all I right. know. It's 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 rough. You know, but. We are getting close to the end of season one. Right? I know, right? Yeah, we're, we're, I'm pretty excited. You know, we're uh, 
We're like six episodes away from the end of the season. Yep. That'll be cool. That will and be then cool. then we'll move on to season two. Then we can move on to se- Yeah. And then we can rip Pulaski apart. Awful. Oh, oh, you're in so much trouble, Kate Mulgrew. That's not her name. No, no, wait. Um, uh, Diana Muldar. Yeah, thank you. Pardon me. She's an amateur. Uh, what do you want to... <laughs> what inane aspect of Star Trek would you like to talk about now? <laughs> Let's see. Toys? Because we, we talked about the Galoob line, but we didn't really talk much about the Playmates, Playmates line. Playmates line, sure. And uh, we were talking about that earlier, and we should talk about it again now. All right. Well, maybe let's... The, the one thing I really wanted to mention, which you brought up, was uh, in... Um, LeVar Burton's recent... Um, oh, yeah, his Kickstarter his campaign. His Kickstarter campaign for the Reading Rainbow series. Which is great. Go check out the Kickstarter campaign, by the way. If you're listening to this podcast, I'm pretty fucking sure you know what this all, like, mm-hmm. the Reading Rainbow thing's about. But uh, he mentioned specifically, and you, you mentioned this, I had mm-hmm. not watched the video for this, yeah. that if you were an eccentric billionaire and you were willing to kick yeah. in some large amount of money yeah, for like the $10, campaign... Yeah, $10,000 or something. He's willing to have dinner with you and a friend... And most importantly, he would bring Jordy's visor. And you could wear it. And you could wear it. Holy shit, I have never wanted to be rich more than I do right now. Like, I mean, I always have that kind of background. Gosh, it'd be nice to be rich. But right now, I want it so bad just so I can have dinner with LeVar and wear the visor. So this brought up really two important pieces mm-hmm. of conversation mm-hmm. that I wanted to cover. First of all, you mentioned very specifically that you feel uncomfortable looking at LeVar Burton without the visor on. Yeah, I'm so used to seeing LeVar as Jordy. Like, that is my main my my main memory of LeVar Burton. Like, I, I watched Reading Rainbow as a kid, but those memories were heavily su- supplanted by next-gen growing up. So, so I'm used to like, when I think of LeVar Burton, I think of him with the visor, and I find his eyes off-putting now. I find them off-putting. a little bulgy, and I, I think- find it hard to focus on them. Like, I can't look at his... It's hard for me to look at LeVar's face without the visor. I I just... It feels wrong to me. I I want him to put the the visor on. I think he's a beautiful man, and I disagree with you. No, I'm not not suggesting that LeVar is unattractive. I love LeVar, but... Well, the important thing I wanted to ask you is, Mm -hmm. if you you had the money to make this happen, and we're going to go on this... uh, you're going to have dinner yeah, with Lamar. Would I make him wear the visor during Yeah, dinner? when he offers you the visor, would you say, no, would you, when he offers you the visor to wear, would you instead say, I would feel more comfortable if you wore the visor? <laughs> no. Really? No, because I want to wear the fucking visor. Uh, we've discussed this. How long I would love... you, so would you wear it for like a minute no, or would you wear no, it the I, whole I, evening? I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know how long he would let me wear it for. I mean, that's up to LeVar. But uh, I, might, say... I might request that he wear the visor as well, you know, like during dinner like hey do you mind if putting this on <laughs> <laughs> could you put this on at least while you order <laughs> yeah make it easier for me to talk to you if I can't see your eyes <laughs> it's, good. I, it's probably a good icebreaker I, mean, it, I found it totally off putting in the next gen movies too like his well he's got this weird like weird yeah. eyes or he only doesn't actually wait he does in the insurrection and then he, uh, he, he has them in three uh, yeah. them. like they're, they're these, these weird uh, basically contact lenses that, yeah they're super crazy yeah, yeah. But yeah. Uh, okay. What was the other point? Uh, well, the second thing I just thought of is like, um, who would you bring with you? Oh, if it's you plus one. Well, you, you obviously, obviously me, I guess. If I was unavailable, <laughs> who, who, who else would I bring? I don't know. 
Uh, if, assuming I wasn't available for some reason. If if you were unavailable, I would probably take my friend Christine because another she's... Star Trek fan. Exactly. Okay. You know, um, in fact, my fr- it would my, have to be. Yeah. I, I watch. I've been watching Next Gen through with Christine and her roommate Robin. Uh, right. As we've been doing this uh, right. podcast series, in fact, we're ahead of the game with them. Yeah. Because uh, shout out to them. Thanks for two timing on me, by the way. <laughs> You're totally welcome. Uh, yeah, we're uh, we're in season two now. In fact, we just watched Q Who last night, yeah, or uh, the night before last. Uh, but yeah, because we watch uh, multiple episodes at a time, whereas you and I tend to only do one. Jesus. Well, it's because we do the podcast after. I know, I know. But yeah, uh, I would probably take my friend Christine because I think she's the one who would appreciate it most out of out of my circle of friends. Okay, Andre, the second thing I wanted to ask, though, mm-hmm. more importantly. More importantly. Well, not, not ask. There's yeah, so yeah. much as, like, this is something else that came up, and you're mm. very right. In the history of the next generation, the start of the next generation, a series loved by millions, watched by millions at the time, literally millions of toys were sold to children oh, yeah. of all sorts of varieties by mm-hmm. multiple companies. Not once did any major toy manufacturer produce a visor for I kids know. to wear. Does that is that so crazy? Like that I, is that's criminal almost. It's shocking. Like what would this almost seems to be like that? It would be the number one toy. Exactly. It would be so simple, and they never did it. Every freaking kid put those got their sister's hairband. Yeah, yeah. Their well, banana okay. clips. And <laughs> like we both did. I assume yeah, yeah. else did. Uh, I didn't have a sister. I had to steal my friend's yeah, sister's one. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it boggles my mind that they never did that because it would have been a supremely easy toy to make. Yeah, it's not like it has super to super cheap. You don't even have to be able to see through it. I assume yeah. that maybe it was that part of their thinking always maybe. like some maybe sort of safety con- issue. Yeah, uh, and like Galoob made a prototype of yeah. one that looked amazing and was clearly see through. Like you know, it had the uh, the slots, but those those slots are so close to your eye that you can see between them. You know, it's like looking through a comb. Yeah, you know. It, like close enough to your eye, and like you don't really notice the bars. I assume that's what the real one is like. Yeah, exactly. Or can you? Not you know, see I mean, it? well, the problem for Lavar with it was that he couldn't see down or up. It, it affected his peripheral vision, and oh, he couldn't okay. look down because you know the underside of it is solid. Oh, nice. So, like, if you insisted on him wearing it at this dinner, then yeah, he wouldn't be spaghetti, able to see He wouldn't food. be able to see his food at all. <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, but yeah, uh, I'm totally shocked that the Playmates line never made a Geordi visor. They made phasers aplenty. They made all sorts of really crap toys. Yeah. Like, and and they were not as good. The the communicator badge they made <sighs> that was huge. Like the size of one of those yeah. like two pound uh, Reese's Pieces or those Reese's a peanut, butter peanut butter cup. Yeah. The size of one of those. And for some reason not only did it make noise but it lit up the way they don't on the TV series. Yeah. Precisely in the manner completely unlike anything we see on the show I, yeah. I, like, we already joked about this earlier but like I think basically like it really looks like whoever designed that badge had never watched the show yeah clearly it was really odd um, but that also brings up something else that we were talking about uh, is the designers of these toys not only did they sometimes appear to have never watched the show but I got the I get the feeling sometimes that they had never actually seen children play with toys either you know, like, they came up with ideas of what they thought children would want to play with. I think that probably the same people that made, you know, thought of what these toys should be like were the same ones that made those ads showing children playing with toys in mm-hmm. the 80s. Like, you know, Rah! Ah! Like, you know oh, in the backyard throwing their, yeah, like, exactly. whatever, their action figures at each other. Uh, but, yeah, like, 
the the playmates not line initially they were all in kind of action poses which made them hard to play with because they could only really i mean you could move their arms and legs but they were they would always be wonky unless you put them into the pose that they had been built in like Riker is a prime example. Riker is in a pose where he's basically kind of in a kind of semi-lunge, you know, like his he's got his one leg is extended out to one side, and then like he would, he would be bended knee on the other. Oh, and, and he's got like tears in his uniform, and he's bloodied. Yeah, see, like, but I think you've got that wrong. I think that one, you think that one is like battle damage, Riker. I think that's more like. Bedroom Adventures, Riker. Like, <laughs> oh man, Riker. Riker likes it really rough. Maybe, or maybe, yeah. maybe he's like into maybe he Kling- tangled with a Klingon, Klingon maybe. Women, yeah, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, the thing to me is like, no, 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 playmates. You make your like standard version of the character first, and then you branch off into you know yeah. battle damaged Riker or you know uh, sensual seduction Riker. <laughs> Yeah. Or, you know, Ryza Riker, or, you know... Fun casual, in the Kitchen Riker. Casual Friday Riker, or Silly Hat Day Riker. Yeah, Jean Shorts Riker? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, Where's that one? Yeah, I don't know. But, I mean, that, that's the thing, right? Is, you know, I want to put Riker with my other figures on the bridge, but he doesn't belong there because he's... He's wearing a Hawaiian shirt! <laughs> because he's yeah. injured. It's so you know? wacky. He's, he's bloody, and his, his uniform is torn up. Yeah. Why is he not at sickbay? I, I don't know. You know, it's fine if I'm playing with him, you know, on an away mission, but the rest of the time he doesn't suit. Did the playmates, Dr. Crusher, did she have her blue cardigan on? She did. Was it like a plastic part of the thing or was yeah. it like a removable cardigan? No, it wasn't removable. It was, okay. it was like molded on. All right. I was not a fan of the playmates line. There was... What did, when Wesley was in his like Star, Starfleet Academy outfit? Mm-hmm. Okay, I think I think there were multiple Wesleys. Uh, he really? may there may have even been a Wesley in his uh, season one. Oh no way! Sweater. Really? Oh. We'll have to look it up. Uh, that sounds like a dream. That but yeah, I I personally wasn't a huge fan of the Playmate line. I didn't like the uh, I didn't like the posability. I thought the articulation was kind of poorly conceived. Uh, I found them a little bit too cartoony is the only word that I have to describe it uh, I don't know yeah. they just it just didn't work for me um, the first one I got was of course Geordie LaForge because Geordie's my man yeah. and of course the very first thing I did with Geordie as soon as I got him out of the package was I took his visor off you took away his vision you blinded him <laughs> immediately well How I nice mean it was clearly like once he got it off it was clear that he had he had initially been designed to have the visor be removable, and then they obviously decided that, oh no, wait, kids are going to lose this visor, let's glue it we in place. We better glue it in place. But yeah if, yeah, if like me, you pried that visor off, you were rewarded with uh, his white eyes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Um, you robbed a blind man of his sight. Good for you. I, I made it removable so he wouldn't be in <laughs> constant pain all the time. Oh, whatever. Because remember, the visor hurts. The other Playmate store that I actually liked was the uh, the Tricorder. Mm-hmm. That oh, was, their their that prop cool. toys were pretty good, aside from the communicator badge. Yeah, which is why it boggles my mind that they never made the uh, the visor. I mean, yeah. the phasers were pretty good. Yeah, they're okay. Um, the but yeah, the the king had to be the uh, Tricorder and the medical Tricorder. No question. Uh, the medical tricorder with the detachable little probe that you could... Oh, so good. That was amazing. Yeah. Um, the bridge playset was pretty good, too. I don't think I've ever seen that one. Oh, it was sweet. 
do, do we keep talking about it? You don't have to. No, we can't. I don't have a lot more to say about the Playmate line, except that the Playmate line also made an appearance in the Saturday Night Live episode that was hosted by Patrick Stewart. Yes. Uh, in the, uh, they were repurposed for the uh, Philadelphia. Philadelphia action figure line. So they, they turned the uh, bridge into the courtroom. Of course. <laughs> and they, they incorporated other toys too, like... Uh, Battle Action Miguel with uh, Battle Armor, which was basically Starscream's body with an Antonio Banderas head yeah, plugged on top of it. Miguel could transform into a you know, uh, and uh, Yeah, and uh, Tom Hanks has a dino buddy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was it was great. Uh, that, uh, look it up online if you can. Uh, it's sometimes hard to find Saturday Night Live stuff because they're, oh, yeah. they're pretty harsh about taking those down. But if you can... <laughs> find the commercial for Philadelphia action figures because it's rad. So good. Um, the other, the other, I guess, Star Trek toys that I really liked were the Micro Machine toys. Yeah, yeah. And Micro Machine is Galoob, so like Galoob got to hang on to the Star Trek license for oh, Micro right. Machines. Yeah, it's just um, vehicles, just little yeah. little ships. But you know, they're like did the right thing. It's like, hey, here's a series where there are tons and tons of ships. Let's make one of each of them and yeah. then sell them all. And it was great they were they were pretty good my i had my only beef with micro machines as a kid and even i guess even now yeah is that they were often kind of warped like oh, they, they would melt in the they would melt from heat like either yeah in, in, in like in the packaging, in packaging or like yeah. the, and also the plastic wasn't super high quality so they would uh they would just get bent or you know yeah. whatever and I I have the the Deep Space Nine one that's like that. All the docking nacelles are all like yeah. all over the place. And one moment. <coughs> okay. Uh, yeah. So that that is a problem. You can uh, you can rebend them a little bit. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, um, the 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 trick is boiling water. Yeah. Yeah. You know you 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 boil some water. You drop it in for a second. You bring it out. You bend it into the shape you want, and then you plunge it into ice water, hmm. and that resets it. Really? Okay. Yeah. You should try that. Yeah. I only have one Star Trek micro machine. Like one, like a single one? Yeah, I have one Star Trek micro machine. They came in packs of at least I, three. I know, I know, but you, you know, I am 35. They've they have since gone like AWOL. I never had many Star Trek micro machines to begin with. Oh, like, I see. You're a hater. I no, got you. No, my I, I just never bought them. You know, yeah, that's like, something a hater would do. Shut up. <laughs> Um, I have uh, a runabout, which I know you don't like. I know you're not a fan of the runabout. It's not my favorite. I, do, I also have the runabout. I'm a big fan of the runabout, so it's the only uh, it's the only micro machine I held on to. I do have a ton of Star Trek ships, like small ones, but they're not. Uh, they're they're more. Uh, you have more adult toys, like style things, that you bought later, though. Yeah, exactly. Like these were done by a company called Johnny Lightning, and they are okay. amazing. What I really want to get, and what we could talk about, is that uh, that UK Starship. Oh uh, God! <laughs> that that subscription service where you subscribe and they send you a mod, like a a new Star Star. Uh, they send you a new Starship miniature. Yeah. With a magazine about that ship. <sighs> okay, I admit that does look pretty cool, but oh, it's it's too expensive. But it's, it's expensive. so good, and like the their uh, their Enterprise D is really sweet. Yeah, like it's really nice. I really want it. Very nice. Um, a thought occurred to me. Mm-hmm. We touched on the improbability of Synthahall. Yeah, in yeah. Previous the, podcast. Yeah, because 
I was totally wrong about what synthahol was. Like, yeah, I, yeah, because remember, you you were the one who t- who informed me that synthahol has alcohol-like effects that yes. you can for somehow shake off. Whereas yes. I was under the impression that synthahol didn't cause inebriation at all. That all what it was doing was mimicking the um, like alcohol soluble flavors and stuff because right. that's that's one of the things with uh, alcohol is it carries flavors differently. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so when you make something, you know, like beer that's non-alcoholic, it doesn't taste like beer. It tastes close to beer, but not quite. And that's a function of alcohol and the way it interacts with your taste buds. Right. And I, my under, what I thought synthahol was, was that they had discovered, they had found a way to mimic or, you know, to... Uh, Offer the exact same flavor of alcohol without the inebriation. That is not what it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which always seemed like a dumb idea, anyways, because alcohol tastes nasty, and like it's the inebriation that makes it tolerable most of the time. Well, I guess what I was—I mean, what I was thinking about was this idea that yeah, the effects can be easily shaken off, so that you can more or less in an emergency or you know in a situation where you're. Your, your services required mm-hmm. you can go from being intoxicated to fine in I guess in seconds mm-hmm. this seems I mean whether or not this is possible let's ignore that but the idea that the implications of this are seem to be rather troubling for people's off time like mm-hmm. people like a certain percentage of people really enjoy being intoxicated like what would stop there from being like a serious serious culture of like alcoholism on, an, uh, on a ship like the Enterprise. I mean, maybe like... Ten forward is always packed. It's packed, but nobody is like stumbling yeah. around drunk. They're all like, you know, they just appear to be having a good time socializing. There's not even like, they're I not have, like overtly in, in, inebriated in any way. I had way. a thought about the, uh, the Synthahol thing just now, actually. Okay. Uh, in terms well, of w- how you could shake it off and like... All right. Maybe, it, maybe it's a... Um, maybe it's a... Oh, I had the thought and now the word is escaping me maybe there's a freudian cue like no, people no, are conditioned no. you have to hear a bell or something and then no um what adrenaline maybe it's uh maybe it's adrenaline activated so oh, like, like you a know slap to the face yeah or, you know or like just uh, like a quick jog in place or you know an emergency situation suddenly your adrenaline starts going and huh? it just wipes the synthahol away that's an interesting thought like that would make sense on a starship you know and uh like an alcohol that could be, you know, counteracted entirely by adrenaline because like when those red alert klaxons go off, it, you know, that's a it would but I mean there's like there's some really serious things that happen in your brain chemistry as you get more and more intoxicated and like mm-hmm. again if there's always this idea that you can just shake it off at a moment. Yeah, well, notice, maybe like, synthahol doesn't allow for super intoxication, which is maybe why there we, is a limit. Yeah. yeah, which is why we never see people getting like fall down drunk. Like maybe synthahol well, it would only be good. goes as far as a pleasant buzz. Maybe that's true. I mean, it would be it would be a, probably a good idea for them to have a rule in place to prevent that. Because, like, mm-hmm. otherwise, what's stopping people from other than the rules? Stopping people from just being like footless on the job because they know <laughs> as soon as anything important comes up, they can just like snap out of it. <laughs> but it's like you know, maybe like you know, Jordy's at the front console there. He's just sloshed entirely. Like you yeah. know, once he presses go on the you know. You know, yeah. they're you know they're at warp speed. There's not much else to do other than just sit there yeah. and watch the stars go by. I like, would think the teachers would probably be lushes because you know they have to. Their their classes are full of like every age. Oh man, you know, that was 
You know, I'll just show a video. Ugh, fucking Wesley's in this class too. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> I'll have another. Yeah, that would that would suck. Oh, Cynthia Hall. So yeah, Cynthia Hall uh, problematic. Yeah, but I I, I don't know. I, I could see it being designed to specifically only reach a specific level of ine- of inebriation. You know, it's like maybe it, it becomes dangerous at a certain point. Yeah, but or, again, or it just can't. Like maybe like. You, you drink it and it just gets like this is as buzzed as you're gonna get it just it really? doesn't compound upon itself perhaps that's pretty sophisticated yeah maybe maybe it isn't just a yeah maybe the mechanism is more complex than we're really being told I don't know could be just being a chemical I, I like I mean again like the addictions got to still be a problem like mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. you know uh, I don't know interesting hard to say they don't really explain it terribly well. No, they really don't. That's that's why we're here. That's why we're here to think about these things yeah. that you don't really care about and make <laughs> you listen to it. That's right, and we have nothing better to do. Absolutely nothing. Um, we didn't rate this episode. Oh yeah, uh, that episode we, got, we were talking about yeah. half an hour ago. Home soil. <laughs> yeah, home soil. Um, it's a right. good one. Um, you, you first, my friend. What uh, do you want to rate it? Acting ensign. No, Acting Ensign is one of our special ones, Oh, okay, remember? no, we, no. Uh, act, we like Acting Ensign. Sorry. Uh, yeah, like, below Ensign is Chief. Oh, Chief. Acting Chief? I don't think there is an Acting Chief. I'm, I'm, not, gonna, I'm not gonna make a new... Uh, okay, I'm giving it Chief. <laughs> giving it a Chief. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm right there with you. I this hated is it. a Chief. Yeah. You know, as, as loath as you are to agree with me. No, um, I have to, because this one is... Uh, yeah, and so, if we, we'll put it... I'm agreeing with you this time. It's, yes! That'll make you feel better. It makes me feel better, You yeah. know, it's okay when I'm agreeing with you. It's not okay when you agree with me. You should agree that's with why, me. That's why I let you go first. <laughs> nice. So, yeah. Touche. Uh, Chief. Oof. I, just, it just... It's it's not like it's the most preposterous of episodes, but it no, just was just dull. It was just dull from start to finish. Yeah, like the, um, the murder mystery wasn't particularly compelling. The acting was really kind of substandard. Yeah, um, there wasn't really anything funny. Yeah, like, and the alien wasn't any good. There wasn't enough wharf. He had like one token line. The only yeah. thing I thought that was funny was uh, the, the best sequence of the whole show was when. Um, Jordy, Data, and Worf were sitting at these computer consoles. Yeah, they're at the science station. Yeah, and they were doing like basically question answers with the computer, trying to fi- yeah, figure like out what this thing analysis. was. So the computer, what is the uh, what's yeah. it made out of? And it would list off one thing, and then Data they, would say, "Oh, well." They would list properties, and the computer would come back with elements that had those properties. Yeah. And then Worf, there's like you know, Data says a bunch of things. The computer replies. Yeah. Jordy says a couple things, and the computer replies. Worf says something. It's conductive. Dead silence. <laughs> yeah, the computer does not have time for Worf. Yeah, they, they just they gave Worf a token thing so that the audience would think that Worf knows some science. Yeah, like yeah, it's good like point. oh, we should probably give Worf a line so he yeah. doesn't look like a dumbass. Yeah, and so Jordy's like, "Good work, buddy," and pat yeah. him on the head. Way to go, Worf. Yeah, did it. You did it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty funny. Yeah, uh, Worf is. It's a rough time for Worf in season one, and less so in season two. But they're still finding their footing with Worf. Uh, season one, uh, he, the well, I mean, the problem is like he was never originally part of the show, so like they kind of threw him in last minute. So he kind of shares a character with Tasha Yar. It's pretty rough. Yeah, but Tasha's end is coming soon. Oh, a little foreshadowing. Yeah, bum 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 bum. Whatever could you mean? What? Well, uh, I'm not particularly concerned about spoiling anything for people, you know. Anyone who's unaware that Tasha Yar bites it in season one, you know, sorry. But How could you? How could you say that? 
Listen, the, the statute of limitations on spoilers is not last 25 time I checked, years. Last time I checked, it's 30 years, and this episode isn't 30 years old yet. Uh, this episode is 26 years old. Holy shit. 27, actually. Because um, it was the yeah. 25th anniversary in 2012. Wow. Um, yeah. yeah. Anything else you want to add to this one? If we put a bow on this. Mm, um, no, I think we're good. I think we're good too. All right. So next time, join us for episode that I once again didn't research the name of, so I have no idea what it is. Uh, but it's the next episode, and it brings us one step closer to being done. Won't that? Well, being done season one, and won't that be exciting? I'll just tell you which one it is. You bear oh, with me here. Good. Come on, internet. It's all right. We can cut out this delay in editing. Yeah, no one's going to hear this. The next episode is Coming of Age. Coming of Age. Oh, excellent. That's the episode where uh, Wesley Crusher goes to Starfleet Academy. It sure is. And it's totally weird. Yes. And we'll talk about it next time. Anyways, thank you for joining us aboard the Diecast Enterprise. I'm Pags. Fully. We'll see you next time. 